Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Masechah's Gittin Davzayin. We're starting about 12 lines down or so in the middle of the line. And the Gemara tells us the following. Shalach leimar ukva l'Rebbe Lazar. adam ha'om dimalai uviyadi l'masram l'malchus mahu. So he uh, sent a shayla in. Marukva sent a shayla to Rebbe Lazar and said, these people are pestering me like crazy. Halachically speaking, I probably have the, the capacity to be Moser on them, to give them over to the government. But he wanted to ask a shayla before he did that. So he said, Mahu. So Rebbe Lazar sirtate. He took a piece of cloth and he was sirtate. Remember, we were talking yesterday about sirtut, which is cutting in to the, uh, into the parchment a little bit, just etching into the parchment so that when psukim are written, they're written neatly. And sirtate, because of lay, and he wrote, she wrote a pasuk from Tehillim, Amarti Eshmer Darki Mechatobi Lashoni Eshmer Lafi Machsom Beod Rasha Lenegdi, and uh, this shot in this pasuk basically is Afalpisha Rasha Lenegdi. Even though there is a Rasha that is opposing me, someone who's really bothering me, Eshmer Lafi Machsom. We really should try and not do this. So try not to be Moser. That's what Rabbi Lazar said back to Marukva. So Shalach he writes back, he writes back again and he says, This is getting crazy. Shalach he says, They're really bothering me and I can't handle these people anymore. So Shalach he wrote back to them, he wrote back to him, I should say. Rabbi Lazar wrote back to Marukva and said, Dom la Hashem lo. Dom la Hashem. Be silent to Hashem. In other words, don't be most of them. And a Kaddish Baruch will make these people drop like flies. And you as well, Rabbi Lazar says to Mark, you should go into the base Medrash morning and night. And they are going to fall apart on their own. <clears throat> says the Gemara, a third of the way down, right after he finished talking, uh, this person whose name was Gniva, the collar, he was put into chains. They uh, sent a question uh, in regards to Mar Okva, and this is a very well known Gemara, one that we spoke about briefly a number of days ago. The Gemara says, Zimra Minolan de Asir. He wrote to, to Rebbe Lazar and said, How and asked, How do we know that music is going to be Asir? So, Machlokas, Rashi, and Tosos over here as to what we're talking about. But uh, according to Tosvos, if you look on the left side, on the left side in the outer margin, Pirush Bekuntras, the Shor Bebesa Mishtos, that we're talking about uh, singing in a place of Mishtos, in a place of, of alcohol, like a bar. And if you look at the very end of Tosvos, he says, Vishir shall mitzvah shari kigom bishas chupa shaos and lesamechas and akala. Not all music is going to be prohibited, but music that's done for the sake of mitzvah, such as at a, uh, at a wedding, that's considered acceptable. Ayin Shum in the post game, there's a lot to be spoken about on this Nakuda, but no time. So how did Rabbi Elazar answer the question about music as to whether or not music should be considered Asr? So says the Gemara Sirtate, again, he was Misartate, he etched into parchment, the Chasav Lehu, and he writes back in the, in the Pasuk, and he says, Al Tismach Yisrael, El Gil Ba'amim. And he quotes a Pasuk that says that you should not, uh, that you should not be using any music, too much Simcha. Says the Gemara, Why don't you actually bring this from another Pasuk? The other Pasuk is a little bit different. So says the Gemara, Why didn't we learn from that other Pasuk? That you shouldn't, you shouldn't be singing any songs. So says the Gemara, We needed that. Uh, we needed both Pasukim. You may have he halfway down. Even if I only had that second Pasuk of Bashir lo yishtu yayin, 
I might have thought that that was only talking about singing with instruments. Aval de Puma Shari, but a cappella singing, singing only with voices, I might have assumed would have been permissible. Kamash Malan, that when the Gemara says, Zimra Manalan de Aser, we're not only talking about music with instruments, we're also talking about singing even without instruments. So that's Omer Dorsheni in regards to some of the modern Lepsakim, as mentioned, or Moshe Feinstein was Makbid to sing. Only that which was in the bencher, of course. Obviously, other postgame have different interpretations of this gemara because we have kumzits in all the time and we sing all the time at our Shabbos tables. And for us, it's uh, it's actually a, a tremendous ruchnius. It's an aliyah for many of us. So maybe that's the heter that we find in Tosvos. That if it's for a simcha, like for a wedding, if it's shir shal, shir shal mitzvah, which is the language of the Bali Tosvos, perhaps that could be expanded to say shir shal mitzvah for other things as well. The Gemara says, bar, bar What does the Pasuk mean when it says, Kina vidimona ada? This is a Pasuk in Yoshua referencing three locations in Eretz Yisrael. It's just listing off three cities that are in Eretz Yisrael. Says the Gemara, You don't think I know that these are cities in Eretz Yisrael? I live there. That's like living in our neighborhood and saying that's West Rogers Park and Peterson Park and Lincolnwood. Everybody knows that, that that's what it's called. So why would the Psukim specify these particular things? It says the Gemara, you don't think that I know that these are parts of Eretz Yisrael. Ella, last short line, the Gemara says that really there's a play on words here. The words are kina, vidimona, ad adda. And, and the Gemara explains them as follows. He said, Omar Bataima, that's the play on words of kina with an with a hey from the pasuk. Anyone who has anger or jealousy, al chavero vidomeim, and that's a reference to the part of the pasuk of vidimona, and he's silent. Shochin the one who dwells forever, which is a kodesh baruch hu oselodin, will punish the other person who's causing you problems. This is connecting back to the earlier part of the gemara, <clears throat> where Marukva was saying that somebody was really bothering him a lot. And the Gemara says, based on this play of words, that if you have kina, then you, and you are domain, then a Kodesh Baruch Hu is uh, the Ade Ad is Ad Adah, that the Ade Ad is going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. Omar Le Elamayatav. That's true. We have another set of psukim tziklag umidamna v'sansina hachanami. Maybe we can say that there's a pshat in those psukim as well. Had he still been alive, he would have given a rationale as to why these psukim were listed. Says the Gemara, three lines into the wine lines, he explained this pasuk as follows, the pasuk of tziklag, what did he say? So says the Gemara, um, Anyone who has a scream of legima al chavero, a concern about his friend vidomim, and he's silent, shochin besned, the one who delves in the bush oselodin. So same idea. When you show self-discipline in a case scenario where you're upset about something or that someone did, and you bite your lip and you don't do anything, so the gemara says twice over that a kadosh baruch will take care of you, and the silence earns you your reward. Amar le reish kavusa the rabhuna. Uh, the Reish Kavusa says to Rav Hunan, this is something we learned about in the end of Masechah Sota, Kilila Minalan de Asir. There was a particular kind of wreath, a type of uh, of head covering that Hassanim would wear. And we learned at the end of, uh, of the Gemara in Sota that it's not allowed. So Amar Lei, Midir it's a rabbinic injunction, Ditnan. And we learned this at the end of Sota, Bepulmus Shel. Um, Aspasinus, that in regards to the final invasion of Vespasian, <coughs> Gazra al Atros Chasanim, 
the al ha'irus that there was a, a restriction on the chasan and wearing these wreaths and al ha'irus and iris was a type of instrument that those are no longer allowed to be used. Adahachi, right after this happened, Kam Rav Huna Afnuye. Rav Huna got up, he had to go to the men's room, so he walked away. Amar Le Rav Chizda, Kruxiv, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's not just me, Rabban, and this idea is bigger than that. Ko Amar Hashem Elokim, Haser HaMitznefes Veharei Matara, that uh, we have see over here a link between the Mitznefes of the Kohen and the Atara of, uh, of a Chasen. Uh, zos lo zos. We'll see what those words means later. Mean later. Hashvela hagvoa. Hashvela hispiel. So that's what the Gemara says is the source as to how we know that really there's something even more than a dindarabanan in regards to the chasanim not wearing the klila, not wearing this particular hat. Why does the pasuk say the word mitznefes and atara? Mitznefes is worn by the kohen, and the atara is worn by a chasan. So says the Gemara, that when we have a Kohen Gadol and he's wearing the Mitznefes, so then a, a Chassan can wear an Atara. Um, but Nistalka Mitznefes Merosh Kohen Gadol, Nistalka Atara Merosh Kol Adam. So then that's what the Gemara says, is that we seem to have a very strong source, not just Midrabanon. This Gemara is a little bit challenging because it is trying to bring a text proof from a Pasuk in Yechezkel to show us that really the din of not wearing a Kalila is a din that is tied directly into whether or not there's a Kohen Gadol wearing a Mitznefes. And that leaves an implication that it's Del Raisa, even though the Pasuk itself is from Nevi'im and Ksuvim. And Dibre Torah, Midibre Kabbalah, Lo Yalfinan, we don't typically assume that. Could just be that the assumption of the Pasuk is that there's an intrinsic tie between a Mitznefes and the Atara, and therefore it's Del Raisa. And Adahachi Yasser Rafuna, that's when Rafuna got back from the bathroom, and Ashkechinhu Dahabi Yasve, and he saw that they were sitting and they were talking about this Pasuk. What are you talking about? You're leaving this implication that a Chasan is not allowed to wear a Klila Midel Raisa. That's not true. It's Midra your name is Chizda, and your words are very kind. In other words, it's a beautiful vort, what you're saying, but it's not Ladina. What it, that means is as follows. There is a, a restriction on Hasanim to wear this Kalila. We spoke about this earlier, and he is not allowed to wear it when there's no Beis HaMikdash, but it's only a Din Derabanon and not a Din Deraisa. The Gemara says three-fourths of the way down, about 15 lines from the bottom of the page on Zayin and Aleph, Ravashi, to have a Gadil Kalila Livrate. He had prepared a Kalila for his daughter. So um, that's not a boy. We were talking about the the, the boy wearing a wreath, the, the groom wearing wearing a wreath, and that's not this. This is a daughter. Don't you believe in the link between uh, what we said earlier, that if there's no coin wearing a mitznefes, then no chasanim and or kalas can wear the wreath on their head, this particular hat. That's not true. The only restriction on the kalila was for a groom, but it wasn't for a bride. And therefore, he was allowed to make the, the kalila for the daughter, just not for a son. Says the Gemara, my zos lozos. What did the Pasuk mean when it said this, not this? If you look back in the Pasuk by Yechezkel, five lines up, it says, um, So says the Gemara, We're not sure who the author was, but Rav Avira was quoting either from Rav Ami or from Rav Asi. And he says, When 
we when a Kodesh Baruch Hu taught us this din, granted all, it's all, all derabonon, but when he taught us this din that when there's no Kohen wearing a mitznefes, then a groom can't wear a kalila. This that the Jewish people were given Har Sinai, they they said Nasev Nishma before you. Um, you're going to tell them that they can't wear this. Uh, he says that that should not be the case. Uh, that you're going to say Lozos, period. So says the Gemara. No, it's the opposite. I'm sorry, I just lost the line here. Uh, let's just read it again and make sure we are clear. My apologies. The Gemara says, Ribono Shalom, seven lines from the bottom. This that the Jewish people said before you at Har Sinai, Na Sevenishma, Amar Lahen, Lo Zos Lahen, the Israel Shishbilu, as Hagabov, he be with his Shafel, Behemidu Selim Behechel. Yeah, we are going to give them that consequence that they have to have limitations because they did something wrong. They lowered that which is great. They brought a, 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 a they brought a selim into the heichal. So that's zos lo zos lo lo zos. And the subtext of the conversation works like this: Zos, is this how you're going to treat them? Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Lo zos, isn't this how I'm going to treat them? They did something wrong. So yeah, they deserve a slap on the wrist. Dara Shabavira, six lines from the bottom. Sometimes he said this in the name of Ravami and sometimes in the name of Ravasi. What did he say? If they are just full or if they have even more, we'll soon see this is talking about giving tzedakah. We'll learn about that in a minute. If you see a person whose finances are very exacting. He's shalim, he has what he needs, but it's very exacting. He should definitely try and still give tzedakah. All the more so he should give tzedakah when there's merubin, when there's excess, when there's excess money to be given out. What does that pasuk mean? Anyone who shears from their property and gives tzedakah, nitzal midina shal gehenim. Anyone who shears, they cut off some of the extra and they give it to other people, they give it to poor people, they are saved from the din of Gehenna. And says the Gemara, Mashal, There were two sheep who were trying to cross through the water. One of them is shorn and it's, the hair is very short and therefore it doesn't absorb a lot. And one of them wasn't, uh, wasn't shorn and it had very, very long hair and does absorb a lot. So says the Gemara, Gezuza Avra. The one which had very short hair is able to make it make it through the waters. But the one that didn't cut off all of its hair, so then that particular sheep is not going to make it through the water. And this is a mashal to teach us that we should make sure to cut off a little bit of the excess. The more we minimize our properties and give some of it to tzedakah, the better off it will be for us in regards to Dina Shal Gehenna. Well, turning to the top of Chesed, of Zion, and Bez, the Gemara says, V'nisicha, this is a Pasuk in Nachum, what does this mean? Amar Marzutra, on the same topic of Tzedakah, Afilu anis hamiz parnes min tzedakah, that a person who is even being fed from Tzedakah, they too should make sure that they're still giving some Tzedakah. Lo e'en cha'od, what does that mean? Tani Reb Yosef, shuv e'en maran lo simone anius, that if a person is going to give Tzedakah, so then they should hopefully be blessed by not seeing any more Signs of being poor. 
What does this Gemara mean? Uh, we know that our Mishnah spoke about the borders of Eretz Yisrael as it relates to Gittin. And it says that Rechem was a city to the east and Rechem was like Chutzlaretz. Lememra, this implies that Akko Litzvona de Eretz Yisrael Kaima, that Akko is north of Eretz Yisrael, but that's a problem. Although that does seem very clear from our Mishnah, that's still a problem. Uraminhu, why? Because we see, if a person's walking from Akko, from Akko to Chziv, we will see in a moment that we know that they're walking north. And Akko was the one of the northernmost cities of Eretz Yisrael. If you're going from Akko to Chziv, and Mimi no Lemizrach, you're right, which is the east, which means that you're walking north. If I'm here in Akko, and this is Chziv, if I'm walking up, then Mizrach is going to be to my right, which means that which means that um, Kziv is a city that's further north than Akko. You know, the Mizrach HaDerach that teaches us that the land to the right of that is going to be considered Tmei. That's the Din Derabanan, that all Chutz Laaretz ground is considered to be Tamimi Derabanan. And Upturamina Maiserumina Shmi Sashi Odelachashi Chayabes. And uh, it's always going to be Chutz Laaretz until otherwise noted. And Mismola, when you're walking from Akko to Chziv and you look to the left, and you look Lamaira, Aderach Tahora, that's considered Eretz Yisrael, Mishum Eretz Amin, Vichayevis Bemaiser, and you would have to pay Maiser, Uvishvi, Sachio Delchashub Tura. So says the Gemara, Ad Heichan, where did he walk to? Ad Kziv. So what do we see from this, this Gemara? We see that there's a northernmost city that's beyond Akko that seems to also be part of Eretz Yisrael. Because of the way that this picture was just painted, you have all of Eretz Yisrael, you have Akko at the top, and you have Kziv up above. And we said that if you walk up to Kziv, that this pathway to the east is still is going to be non-Eretz Yisrael, and the pathway to the west is going to be Eretz Yisrael. The Horaya, the Kziv, is the northernmost city beyond Akko. And that's Akash and Argamara. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Mishumaviv, Ad Lavlavo. That it's really another city of Lavlavo, or Lavalvo, that there's another city that's also very north. You're right, it's really just a strip of land. It's not a whole massive piece of Eretz Yisrael. It's just a tiny strip of land. Uh, and the Gemara says, wait one second, is, is the Tana really going to give Simonim like this? The Gemara says, and yes, absolutely they will. Because we have an Apostle like this that we see precedences given um, in, 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 the, in Tanakh and Sefer Shoftim, the Pasuk says, We see that these things were already shown in Sukkim, these kinds of directions. Therefore, the Tana was able to give similar directions. And the Maisa, when we talk about Chaziv, it really, yes, between Akko and Chaziv, there was a tiny, tiny strip of land that was Eretz Yisrael, but that was really it. But by and large, uh, really the northernmost city is actually Akko, with just that one little blip on the radar of that strip of land leading to Chaziv. Going to the east of that pathway, Tani Chada, according to one, how maybe get uh, sorry, we were only talking about to the east of there. The Gemara now turns uh, turns gears into a ship and wants to know about the din of a ship that's on its way to Eretz Yisrael, if that applies to Befanai Nechtam or Befanai Nechtam or not. Tanachada, I maybe get Besvina, can maybe be Eretz Yisrael. According to one, if someone brings a get from a ship, it's as if they're bringing it in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore no Befanai Nechtam or Befanai Nechtam. The Tanya Idach, another Brysa writes, can maybe be When you're on a ship, it is as though you're in Chutzaretz, and then the Shliach will have to say, 
This machlokas of whether or not a ship is considered chutzla'aretz or Eretz Yisrael as it relates to Gittin is seemingly a machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon. It's not. It's actually the Tanya. The Bryce writes, If you have the dirt of chutzla'aretz that's on a boat to Eretz Yisrael, then anything that grows out of there is chay v'maiser u'beshviz. That's the Tanakhama, that's the Rabbanon. Amr Yehuda, Eimosai. When is this true? That's only true when the bottom of the boat is touching the ground of Eretz Yisrael. But if the boat is floating in water and not touching the ground, so then, Potter, then all of the dirt from Chutzarts on that boat is still like dirt of Chutzarts, and the food that grows out of there would not be chayav in anything that's shaykh to Eretz Yisrael. Abai Amar, a different answer. He says, no. Both of these b'raisas are Rebbe Yehudahi, below Kasha. It's all Rabbi Huda. And Rabbi Huda just wants to know if the boat is uh, stuck in some of the dirt. Amar of Zeira, Atit Nakov, Hamuna Chalgabe Yesedos, Banul Machlokes Rabbi Huda Verabanon. Rabbi Zeira says that in regards to an Atit Nakov, which is a flower pot that has a hole in it, which is resting on top of pegs, and there's air separating from the uh, from the pot to the ground. So again, there's a pot here in my hand, but there's a hole in the bottom of the pot. So air from the ground is able to give us nutrients, but there's a space. So here's the ground, here's the pot, and there's air between them. And the Atzitz Nakuf has a hole in it. That is the Machloka, says, um, says Reb Zeira, of Rabbi Huda and the Rabbana. So Amar Rava, that's not necessarily true. Dil Malohi, perhaps these two cases are really not comparable. Perhaps we cannot compare the case of Atzitz Nakuf to the case of uh, to the case of uh, of the boats. Why not? Dil Malohi. Perhaps we should say that Ad Kan Lokam Rabbi Yehuda Hasam Ela Besvina. And the boat is very different than the case of us. It's it's not cool because the Svina, as, as it says on the top of Kesem and Aleph, is Asuyeli Roach. That's uh, portable. Aval Atit Sheino. Uh, perhaps the halachos would be different by a flower pot, which is really not meant to be moved. Inami, we could flip around the argument for another reason to assume that there's no link between the case of the boat and the case of Atzitz Naku. Inami, ad kan lo ka'amri rabbanon hasam ele bisvina delo mifsa kavira demaya. Delo mifsa kavira demaya ki aras michtadamia. Perhaps we can say that the water is touching the boat, the boat is touching the dirt, and really everything is connected to the ground. But when it comes to the flower pot that's hovering over the ground, lo, perhaps we would not say that. And therefore, the Gemara rejects the comparison between the case of Atzitz Naku and the case of, uh, of the boat. Either way, it does seem so far that there is a machlokas in Brisa's, and we answer it according to Rabbi Huda, that if the boat is touching the ground, then we assume it's like Eretz Yisrael, and the Shliach will not say, and if the boat is floating and it's not touching the ground at all, so then it's chutz la'aretz, and you would say, We'll stop right here, and Mirza Hashem will pick up again in person tomorrow, wishing you all a beautiful day.